And today I want to talk to you from this thought, me, myself, and I. Me, myself, and I. I, I want to use as a launching point James chapter 3, verse number 16. I'm not going to, to, to teach primarily from this text. It's not my primary portion of Scripture I want to teach from, but I want to use it as a launching point today. The Scripture says in James 3 and verse 16, for where you have envy and selfish ambition, me, myself, and I, selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. Wherever you find selfish ambition, you find cray-cray. Selfishness produces all types of crazy thinking. Selfishness, me, myself, and I, it produces all types of crazy behavior. Selfish cray-cray behavior is not just something adults deal with, but it, is, it actually begins when we're children. Children have selfish cray-cray behavior because of, of these, this selfish ambition from within. Check out this video. That's my Mustang. I will hurt you over my Mustang. Yeah, kids, 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 kids. I mean, all of you know the toddler's rules of ownership, don't you? Toddler, toddler's rules of ownership. Their, their rules of ownership is simply this. If I like it, it's mine. If it's in my hand, it's mine. If I can take it from you, it's mine. If I had it a little while ago, is mine. If it's mine, it must never appear to be yours in any way. If I'm doing or building something, all the pieces are mine. If it looks just like mine, it's mine. If I saw it first, it's mine. If you are playing with something and you put it down, it automatically becomes mine. If it's broken, is yours. <laughs> Me, myself, and I. Adults have cray-cray behavior due to selfishness. These were headline news stories from across America. We, we, we went on the internet and found just some, some, some headline news stories, true stories that were headline news. 
Here's one. Man killed friend of 40 years for touching his Cadillac. Where you have selfish ambition, you find disorder and every evil practice. Uncle stabs nephew over pork chops. They must have been really seasoned well. <laughs> Man bites neighbor's ear off over cigarettes. Headline news stories. Man charges nephew, attacks nephew over undercooked noodles. Black Friday shoppers riot over $2 waffle makers. Two women fight over a man while church is in session. Dot, dot, dot. It's at People's Church. I'm just playing. That wasn't us. Thank you, Lord. That was not us. Two women arrested in brawl over parking space outside of mall. That's my parking space. Woman arrested after fight over chicken and biscuits. Three women arrested for a fight over a cigarette. Woman stabbed in eye with fork after fight over last rib at barbecue. Come on, you know the story. Don't touch the last rib. You know what I'm saying? Leave the rib alone. People do cray-cray things because of selfish behavior. And friends, we do crazy things because of selfish behavior and selfish ambition. It may not be extreme as the headlines that I just read to you. Oh, but we do crazy things because of selfish behavior, me, myself, and I. And I want to teach today from a portion of scripture where we see a man who was motivated and driven by selfish ambition and caused him to do something crazy. Let's look today in Matthew chapter 26 and verse number 49. The context here is Jesus has just finished praying with three of his disciples and realizes that he's getting ready to die on the cross of Calvary that one of his own disciples have just betrayed him. And that's the context. And the scripture says this, going at once to Jesus, Judas, the disciple who betrayed Jesus, said, greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. Jesus replied, do what you came for, friend. Then the men stepped forward, seized Jesus, and arrested him. With that, one of Jesus' companions, which was actually Peter, reached for his sword, drew it out, and struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his ear. Cray, cray. Verse 52, put your soul, sword back in its place. In other words, Jesus says, put down your sword. Jesus said to him, for all who draw the sword will die by the sword. Do you think I cannot call on my father and he will at once put, put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels? But how then would the scripture be fulfilled that say it must happen in this way? Come on, everybody say, put down your sword. Come on, all locations, those joining us online from around the world, everybody say, put down your sword. I want to talk to you for the next few moments about put down your sword. You see, the sword represents three 
selfish mistakes we make in our faith journey. Three selfish mistakes we make in our faith journey. The first mistake is this, my way, my way. You see, when Jesus was, was arrested, he says to, to Judas, do what you came for. And, and what Peter did, Peter took out his sword and cut off the man's ear. And Jesus told Peter, put down your sword. In other words, he says to Peter, listen, Peter, I could do this my way. And he says to Peter, I could call on my heavenly father and have him send thousands of angels to help me in this situation. I could do it my way, but the scriptures will not be fulfilled. I can do it my way. Listen, Peter, but I'm not. I'm going to do it my heavenly father's way. Peter, I'm not going to do it your way. Put down your sword. I'm going to do it God's way. And the Lord is saying to some of us today, put down your sword. Stop doing it your way. Stop trying to have it your way. You say, friends, when, when we keep doing things our way, we find ourselves in crazy situations and even with a cray-cray life. Because we're trying to do it our way. Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 12 says it like this. There is a way, my way. There is a way, my way, that appears to be right. But in the end, it leads to death. My way leads to death. My way never works out. If Peter would have had it his way, Jesus would have never went to the cross and died on the cross of Calvary for our sins if Peter would have had it his way. I'm glad Peter didn't have it his way. We don't want our way. We think we do. There's a way that seems right, but in the end, it never works out. We don't want it our way. We want it God's way. You see, my way is quick to anger. God's way is slow to anger. James chapter 1 and verse 19 says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen. This is God's way. Quick to listen, slow to speak, God's way. Are you the kind of person that you're quick to talk and you don't ever listen? That's your way. It goes on to say, and slow to become angry. God, God's way is slow to anger, not short-fused, not a temper tantrum, slow to anger. The Bible says in Proverbs 14 and verse 17, a quick-tempered person does foolish things. Come on, we've all seen that. People who are quick-tempered, hot-headed, they do cray-cray things, foolish things. That is our way to be hot-tempered and, and to do foolish things, to be quick-tempered and a short fuse. And the scripture goes on to say, and the one who devises evil schemes is hated. Put down your sword. Proverbs 15 verse 18 says, a hot-tempered person stirs up conflict, craziness. 
Have you noticed that people who are hot-tempered and short-fused, they're, they're always stirring it up instead of calming it down. They're always keeping it going. Even if nothing's going, they're going to get something started. Quick-tempered, hot-tempered person stirs up conflict. That's our way. But the one who is patient calms a quarrel. That's God's way, is to calm it down, not to stir it up, is to, is to end it, is, is not to keep it going, is not to add another log on the fire. God's way is patience and to calm down the quarrel. Our way is to be hot-tempered and angry. Proverbs 29, verse 22. An angry person stirs up conflict. And a hot-tempered person commits many sins. Isn't that true when we're hot-tempered, when we're angry, when we're short-fused, when we fly off the handle? We commit many sins. Not our way, but God's way. Put down your sword. You see, my way is harsh. God's way is gentle. Proverbs chapter 15 verse 1 says, a gentle answer. That's God's way. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. That's my way. Do you find yourself with having harsh words, speaking derogatory to people, speaking in a condescending way to people, ripping people apart with your words, making fun of people, demeaning people, speaking with a sharp tone of voice? You see, our way is, is harsh words, and we feel good about our way. Sometimes we think our way is the right way, but our way is not the right way. God's way says a gentle answer. Respond with the right tone. Respond with the right words. Respond with the gentle words. That is God's way. Put down your sword. My way is revenge. God's way is trusting him. Romans chapter 12 and verse 19 says, do not take revenge. That's a hard way, isn't it? I'm going to get even with you. You did that to me. I'm going to do that to you. You hurt me. I'm going to hurt you. You did that to my family. I'm going to do that to your family. You did that to me at work. I'm going to do that to you at work. You did that to me at, my, at school and embarrass me. I'm going to not embarrass you. And the scripture says, no, 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 no. God says, no, 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 no. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. Trust God. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. Put down your sword. Trust me. You see, my way is bitterness. God's way is forgiveness. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 31. Get rid of all bitterness. That's God's way. You know what our way is? To hold on to it, to stew on it, to meditate on it, to let that thing that happened to us just to rotate around like a rotisserie grill in our mind and just think on it and what they did and how they did it and let it fester and let it grow, let it just continue to, 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 to swell up in our soul. 
And the scripture says, no, 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 that's your way. Get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. And that, that, that's your way. Get, get rid of that. Your, your way is to hold on to it. God's way says this, verse 32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you, put down your sword. Our way seems right. God's way is right. Our way seems right. There's a way that seems right to a man, to a woman. But in the end, it leads to death. Our way seems right, but God's way is right. Number two is this. A a second mistake the sword represents. Number two is my time. My way my time. You see, we end up in cray-cray situations and with a cray-cray life when our life is all about our timing rather than God's timing. And friends, our timing is never as good as God's timing. Never. And the scripture says this, just, just a couple of verses earlier, when, when, when Jesus and the disciples, three of his disciples were praying, and, and Jesus was preparing his heart to be arrested and to die on the cross. Here's what the scripture says in verse 45. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come. Notice the terminology there. The hour has come. Jesus says, this is the time. The hour has come for me to die on the cross. And he goes on to say, and the son of man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Jesus says, rise, let us go. In other words, he says, it's time. It's time. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. And Peter didn't realize that this was the time for Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. Jesus says, the hour has come. And Peter said, oh, no, it's not the hour. They're not arresting you. Oh, no, they're not. And he whipped out his sword. And he cut. A man's ear off. He wasn't in step with God's timing. And just like Peter, we can miss God's timing. Sometimes we miss God's timing because we're clueless. You see, Peter was clueless. He was clueless that Jesus had to go die on the cross for our sins. He was just clueless. I mean, he's thinking Jesus is going to set up some kind of political regime or political empire. Listen, Peter, you got it all wrong. Jesus is not going to set up a political empire. He came to die on the cross for our sins. And you don't understand it because you don't understand you're you're missing God's timing. This happens a lot in life. You see people not understanding and miss God's timing. You hear God speak to people through his word or through his spirit to say, hey, that relationship you just entered into, that, that's not a good friendship for you. No, that's not a good friendship. He said, oh, no, no, yes, it is. We were friends back in junior high. I've known them a long time. And, and God says, no, 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 no. They're not, they're not a good influence on you. 
And, and people don't even understand. They don't even recognize that, 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 that their life has drifted and, and, and they're supposed to be the light of the world and yet they're letting that, that person, that new friendship influence them away from God and now their behavior has changed, the, the way they talk has changed, the way they dress has changed, the way they act has changed and they don't even recognize, everybody else around it sees it. You're drifting away and they don't even recognize, they don't even understand. They miss God's timing in their life because they don't understand. Sometimes we miss God's timing because we rush ahead of God. We rush ahead of God. God says slow, and we say go, go. God says no, slow. We say go. If you're new to Bible study, so, so glad that you're here today and at People's Church, and if you're new to, 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 to the Bible the Bible has a story in the Old Testament that talks about a man named Abraham, married to a woman named Sarah, and God promised them a child, and God was going slow, and they, they, they didn't see the child coming to pass. Sarah was not getting pregnant, so they said, we're going to go, and they got ahead of God and got a lady named Hagar to have a baby with Abraham, and they missed God's timing because when God said slow, they said go. This happens a lot in relationships. You'll see a, a boy and a girl start dating one another. And God says slow, get to know. God says whoa. And they say, no, go, 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 go. And they say things like, oh, pastor. I'm telling you, I love her so much. You only been dating two days. That's lust. That's not love. It's been two days. Slow, let go. And then they end up doing things they shouldn't do. They end up going further than they should go. Because God is saying slow, and we say go. God said, this is not the timing right now for that. This is not the timing for that. And, and we go. And God says slow. We miss God's timing. We rush ahead of God's timing. Sometimes we miss God's timing because we delay. We delay. God says go and we say no. God says, I said go love them. Well, I don't like them. God, I said go love them. We say, no, I'm not going to do that. God says go serve. I created you to serve. I created you to make a difference. No, I'm not, I'm not doing that. God says, I want you to go and forgive them. Forgive. He says, no, God, I'm not. But God says, go. And we say, no. God says, I want you to help them out. They're in need. They're hurting. I want you to help them out. God says, go. And we say, no. And we miss God's timing. And we delay. And friends, our timing is never as good as God's timing. You see, the sword represents my way. It represents my timing, and number three, it represents my life, my life. Another huge way we end up in crazy situations and with a crazy life is by believing that our life is our life instead of realizing that our life belongs to our heavenly Father. You see, friends, the goal of the Christian life is to live fully, that's the key word, fully surrendered to God. Matter of fact, the goal God has for every human being. If you're not a believer today, let me tell you what God's goal is for, for your life. 
That is for you to accept his son Jesus as your Lord and Savior and to begin to live fully surrendered to God. You see, some of you today, you're 10% surrendered. You, you, you know Jesus. You're a Christian, but you're just 10% surrendered. You've got all kinds of areas of your life that are not surrendered to God and his word. Some of you are 30% surrendered. Some of you are 50% surrendered. Some of you are 75% surrendered. And, and God's goal for you and I is to live fully 100% surrendered to him. And friends, it's not easy to get our lives fully surrendered to God. It's not easy to stay fully surrendered to God. You see, right before Jesus was to go die on the cross of Calvary, right before Judas betrayed him and he was arrested, the Bible says he was in a garden of, called Gethsemane. And he was, he was praying, he was wrestling with his heavenly father, trying to surrender his life to his heavenly father. L let me read this to you. In Matthew chapter 26 and verse number 39, it says, Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed. My father, Jesus says, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour, he asked Peter. Now, now that's interesting to me. I've read the Bible through on many occasions, and, and I've never caught this before. And there were three disciples that were praying. And, and when Jesus addresses them, he says this. He says, the, couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour, he asked Peter. This is interesting to me. He asked Peter. I'm, I'm going to come back to that in just a few moments. He asked Peter, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away a second time and prayed, my father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be Done. You see, friends, surrendering to God's will isn't always easy. Jesus prayed three different times for this cup to be taken from him. God the Father, is there any other way for the sins of humanity to be paid for besides me dying a horrific death on the cross? Any other way? But he said, not my will. Your will be done. Jesus realized that his life was not his life, that his life belonged to his heavenly Father. And he surrendered his will to his heavenly Father's will. And like many of us, Peter struggled surrendering his life fully to God. Just for the next few moments, I want to just share with you four situations where we struggle to surrender to God. For all my note takers, man, this is a great time to, to grab a pen and to just jot this down. Four situations where we struggle surrendering to God from this text of, of Peter and the context of talking about Peter. And the first is this. We struggle to surrender in prayer. We struggle to surrender in prayer. Jesus comes to the disciples. They're supposed to be praying right before he's going to be arrested. And they're sleeping. And he asked the scripture says he asked Peter, could you not keep watch for one hour? There were three of them sleeping, but he asked Peter the question. 
Now, I don't know exactly why, but just perhaps Peter was struggling with the area of surrender more than the other two disciples. And he says, Peter, could you not pray for one hour? Listen, Peter, listen, Peter. Peter, you have to learn that, that, that listen, if you're going to have a public success, it's going to begin by having private prayer. You see, Peter, understand, Peter, public prayer is the key to, to private prayer is the key to public warfare. And Peter, you're getting ready right now to encounter Judas, and you're not going to be ready for public warfare because you're not surrendered in private prayer. Peter, could you not pray? Could you not surrender to me for one hour in prayer so that you can be prepared for public warfare? And I... You know, oftentimes we can struggle surrendering to God in prayer. We find ourselves so busy, our schedule so jam-packed, so tired, that we're not surrendering to God in prayer. And then we wonder why we're not ready for public warfare. We have to learn to surrender in private before we can surrender in public. Number two is this, we, we, we struggle. We struggle to surrender when we don't understand, when we don't understand. And friends, Peter did not understand that Jesus had to die on the cross of Calvary. He did not understand, so it caused him to pull out his sword and to cut off a man's ear because he did not understand. And we can find ourselves just like Peter. When we don't understand what's going on, when we don't understand what God is doing, we can have a struggle of surrendering our will to God's will. Well, I don't understand why that happened. I don't understand why they did that. I don't understand why they died. I don't understand why that tragedy happened. And friends, can I tell you, there are a lot of things in life that we just won't understand. And Peter didn't understand, and because he didn't understand, it caused him not to surrender to his heavenly Father's will. And friends, even when we don't understand, we have to surrender to God, his word, and his will. And we can struggle to surrender when we don't understand. A third situation where we can struggle to surrender is we struggle to surrender in difficult circumstances. And friends, the, the, the scripture says this about Peter. That after Jesus was arrested, that, that, that Peter followed Jesus from a distance. And then when Jesus was hanging on that cross, G Peter was, was outside, close enough to watch Jesus, but far enough away not to be identified with him. And people began to ask Peter, Peter, weren't you with that man? He said, oh, no, I wasn't. Nope, got the wrong guy. <laughs> Asked him again, Peter, hey, hey, man, hey, hey, you, hey, you. Weren't you with that guy named Jesus? Oh, it wasn't me. I don't know what you're talking about. Ask Peter a third time. Peter, hey, hey, man, were you with that guy? You were with him. The Bible says he began to curse. Oh, no, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. He denied Jesus three times. If you know the story, just earlier that day, earlier that day, before they went and prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, Peter tells Jesus this, even if all fall away on account of you. I never will. Peter told Jesus this. He said, Jesus, even if I have to die, I'll follow you. But Peter's talk didn't match his walk later that day. Perhaps Peter was not prepared for public warfare because he didn't surrender in private prayer. And that day when he was, he was, he was literally 
in a difficult circumstance. Life was squeezing him. Opposition was at him. And Peter didn't surrender to his heavenly father. And we can find ourselves in the same circumstances when life is difficult because life will be difficult. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. And when life squeezes you, when life is difficult, when life is hard, do you surrender to your heavenly Father's will? A, a fourth situation where we struggle to, to surrender to God is we struggle to surrender when we're disappointed. When we're disappointed. And Peter, after Jesus died on the cross, Peter was so disappointed. He was so disillusioned. Things didn't turn out the way that he thought they were going to turn out. And the scripture says that Peter went back to his old lifestyle. Peter went back to his fishing lifestyle. He, he, he just was so disappointed. As a matter of fact, after Jesus rose from the dead, he finds Peter, and Peter's out on a boat fishing. And, and Jesus has to call Peter to him and says, Peter, hey, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Feed my lambs. And Because Peter is back to his old lifestyle because he's disappointed and disillusioned. And friends, when we're disappointed in life, do we surrender? Can I tell you something about life and being wrapped up in this flesh and being in a sinful world? We will be disappointed. People will disappoint us. Situations will disappoint us. Life at times will disappoint us. And when we find ourselves running back to our old life, and drifting from God and doing things their own way. And Peter was disappointed, went back to his old life. But when Jesus called Peter, the Bible lets us know that Peter surrendered his life fully to Jesus. And Jesus said, Peter, if you love me, feed my sheep. If you love me, feed my lambs. And Peter surrendered his life fully to Jesus. And friends, can I tell you that Peter's life would have turned out much differently if he didn't surrender fully to his heavenly father. And our life will turn out much differently if we don't surrender fully to our heavenly father. And that day Peter surrendered to his heavenly father. And he went to the upper room like he was supposed to. He was filled with power from up on high. And in Acts chapter 2, because he was surrendered to his heavenly father, he preached at the day of Pentecost. And over 3,000 people gave their life to Jesus Christ because he surrendered fully to his heavenly father. Peter, because he was surrendered to his heavenly father, wrote two books in the New Testament. Friends, can I tell you, his life would have turned out much differently if he wouldn't have surrendered to his heavenly father. And as Peter, as a man now who surrendered to his heavenly father, he writes these words in 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse number 2. As a result, they do not live the rest of their earthly lives for evil human desires. Peter said, hey, I was there. I was disappointed. Difficult circumstances I didn't understand. I wasn't praying. But you know what? Because Jesus died, I realized I'm not going to live the rest of my life for earthly, my earthly life for human desires. He, what Peter goes on to write this, but rather for the will of God. No more me, myself, and I. No more cray-cray life because of my selfish ways. You see, our life is not our life. Our life belongs to God. Not my will, but your will be done. People's church, put down your 
sword. Put down your sword. No more my way. No more my time. No more my life. Put down your sword. Not your will, but his will be 